The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Go, here's Ryan Poles at the podium. I expect him to come here and help our entire team get better. Uh, we see him as a long, fast, explosive, relentless uh, defensive end that can help us both in the run and the pass game. Um, and really, I see him as a multiplier. He's going to allow uh, everyone to, to play better, our entire defensive front, our corners, our safeties, and again, hopefully the we talk about the ball all the time, creating turnovers and stops uh, so we can be better. In terms of our process, um, really it was a situation where, you know, you try to forecast forward. Uh, you look at the draft potential. Our guys have been doing a really good job getting that information in, uh, as well as free agency. And we felt like this was a really good opportunity to get ahead of that and get a, a top pass rusher in the building. And, again, that's short-term, but also for long-term. Uh, we're currently working on getting a contract done now. <clears throat> to I got a lot of questions about Jalen. Um, first, Jalen and I have a really good relationship, uh, a lot of transparency. We sit down, we talk, we go through different things, um, and heard a lot about not wanting Jalen here long term. That couldn't be further from the truth. Um, he knows that we want him here, um, and we've talked about that. Our process there, I'll, I'll just kind of pull back on that whole deal. Anytime we do an extension, I bring players in to sit down and have a conversation to really go over what an extension looks like. What does it feel like? Because the biggest thing is you can take things personal when you're negotiating um, through an agent. So there's the club side starts one side, the agent starts the other, and you try to find that sweet spot in the middle to get the deal done. And in that, in that sense, you can take it personal. And the big thing I want our guys and the guys here to be able to come in my office and talk about if they feel disrespected in any way, and we can talk through it to go because it, it's a tough situation. So I want them to know that my phone's on, my door's open, we can talk through that. So we've been able to do that with Jalen and and go through that process. Um, really, with that one, we've exchanged a couple times, and it was one of those situations. A lot of times, it happens when you exchange emails back and forth with deals. Tone can be misunderstood. Emotions can be misunderstood. We all know that. I'm sure we've all texted. And it's like, no, I didn't mean it to be that way. So um, on Sunday, we met with his side. Uh, had really good uh, meetings in L.A. I thought we made progress. Uh, I, talk, I texted my group. I'm like, we'll be able to get this deal done uh, in a matter of days. We come back from the trip, and uh, his team wants to explore uh, a trade situation. So I'm, I'm fine with that, but I brought Jalen in. We sat down. We talked about it. I granted permission to do that. Here's the thing. I'm not, I don't want to lose Jalen Johnson. If I were to lose Jalen Johnson, I would like to have a high percentage of hitting on another Jalen Johnson, which to me is a late first and it's an early second. Um, So really simple there. That didn't happen. So we are still open to getting a contract done, and I'm going to follow Jalen's lead on how he wants to go about doing that. But we're still open. And, again, Jalen and I have talked as recently as today. and that's what I got there. So those are two topics. I'll open up for questions. How would you characterize the state of extension talks with Montez and, and, and where you're at with that? Yeah, so he just signed up, um, got the physical done. So, it's you know, we just kicked that off. Um, it's hard to put a timeline on it, but I'm hoping it won't take too long. When it came down to Montez versus Chase Young, we know now that both were on the market. How did you come to the decision to, you know, show us a two for – for Montez versus, you know, uh, Chase Young going for, for three. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. Really didn't think Tez was available for a while. Um, so that door was kind of 
closed and I, it was going to be kind of quiet and then it popped back up um, in the last couple hours. Brian, Brian, we talked to Matt earlier today. You, you had your second assistant coach leave in six weeks. Yep. Does he have a culture problem? Does Bears have a culture problem? And if no, why, why not? Because these things don't happen. You know it's happening twice in six weeks. Yeah, well, I can be really clear with that one. We have uh, expectations here, and this comes from me, Kevin, George, and Matt. If you don't meet those expectations of how you move around this building, how you treat people, how you talk to people, how you act, you don't belong here. So the alternative is you do nothing, and you just kind of brush it on the rug, and you're cool with that, which we're not, or you, you act accordingly to make sure that your culture is strong. So unfortunately, just I feel like every time I talk, it's like the easy way. The quiet way, the hard way is the loud way, and we have to deal with this, but that's how we're going to do business here. So, Brian, how, how certain are you that you can get a deal done with Sweat without using the franchise tag? Because when you spend a second, obviously it's a long-term thing. Does that put you in a little bit of a tough situation leverage-wise, uh, trying to get uh, knowing that you need to have this guy here long-term? Yeah, I feel really confident that we can get a, a deal done. Brian, what is the benefit of being able to negotiate with him now um, essentially paying a second-round pick to do that as opposed to waiting till March and getting involved in, in that situation? Yeah, I think it's capitalizing right now because you start to lose um, opportunities. Um, it's really hard to see, you know, it's like we talked about, like if you look at the free agent stack now, um, it's going to look very different by the time you get to, to that point of the year um, because there's so many different opportunities that can pop up in terms of extensions, tax, different things like that. So uh, we decided with that type of player, we want to capitalize on that now. And you got a sense that if you guys weren't the ones to trade for him yesterday, somebody else Yes. Are you surprised at the pass rush up until this point, given how many draft resources, free agent resources that you've utilized that hasn't panned out the way that you might have been hopeful for? Yeah, you're always hopeful with the guys that you're bringing in. Um, but sometimes you just need you know, someone uh, that can come in and, and create some disruption where now you have to slide the offensive line a certain way. You have to double-team certain people. And then that starts, again, we talk about multipliers where it can open up different situations for different guys to get home. So I'm hoping that this improves that. You were aggressive again this year, same situation, second-round pick. What gives you confidence that this time, this move of the trade deadline is going to work out? Yeah, it's one of those things, that, again, I try to take a lot of pride in it. But, you know, you look at things that you do, if they fail or you make mistakes, can you look back at why? and address those and then I think the key is like sometimes you become a little bit shy to make aggressive moves as you move forward um, but that's just not how we're wired so it took a lot of those things from from that situation and kind of went through that process and said okay here's here's where we may have messed up this and then for this one not to, not making the same mistake and, and learn from that. Right it was obviously a significant move on your part to open the door for Jalen and his camp too go seek a trade yesterday what was in that for you philosophically what, what were you can you say that one more time I'm sorry I, I, obviously it was a significant measure by you to open the doors for Jalen and his camp to, to explore trade possibilities yeah. yesterday from from your vantage point philosophically what was advantageous to you to allowing them to to do that because obviously you didn't have to grant that if you didn't want um, I think again it's the respect that I have for Jalen too it's like a if, if that's in your heart that you want to go check that out, go check that out and see what comes back. If if everything lines up perfectly, well, if you want to go somewhere else, 
then that can happen. If that brought the pick where I felt like we could get another Jalen Johnson, then we can do that too. So it's really just to have clarity on the situation, but it had to work out perfectly for both sides to Why get it such a, a financial divide between what he is looking for and what you're willing to do? That's the thing. We, we never got to that point. That's what we met in LA in terms of let's close the gap and figure out where to go next. Cause when you negotiate, you just like anything else that you guys have done, it's you go back and forth a couple steps. So there was only a few steps. No one was final. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I guess obviously there's still... I don't know what the gap is. Okay. Is it, does that frustrate you, not having a, a clarity, I guess? On, on... It was a surprise because we were working to close the gap. So there had not been an offer extended? Is that, is that true? Well, there were offers, but there was no last and final from any side. Ryan, between the losses and the staff issues, why are you confident still that Matt is the right coach for this team? Yeah, and I get the question. He... What I see on a, every every day where I see him address the team and I see his approach through adversity, it is stable, man. And I know in the outside world it doesn't look like that, and I know it looks like we're far away, but this dude comes in every day and just keeps chipping away. He has high integrity. The people that he brings in here, he's done the work to make sure that they're the people they're supposed to be. Again, we hold that standard if it doesn't, follow that and, and, and people aren't acting that way they're not here but the way that he holds holds everything down here is incredible for how loud it is how tough it is I mean this team you could watch them they fight I know this past weekend wasn't great but you can't watch that team and be like oh they're gonna fold most teams fold and they're not folding it's been hard it's been really hard especially from where we started last year trying to build this and do it the right way what I see from him on a daily basis and how he gets his team ready on a weekly basis, to me, I see a grown man that has leadership skills to get this thing out of the hole and into where it needs to be. Right. You said before the season that this team can be measured on winning. Why hasn't this team lived up to that standard? Yeah, um, we got to execute better. We got to execute better. Um, we got to continue to put guys in the right positions. We got to continue to add good players to help us get over the hump. We got to add playmakers to, like, when you have some of these mistakes that we've had. When you watch just NFL football in general, you have guys that can just, I call them erasers, erase some of those mistakes, those turnovers, make plays. And we just got to get to a place that we can do that and also close the gap where we can play clean football. When we've played clean football this year, we've won games. When it gets sloppy, we haven't. So we just got to continue to clean it up and, and fix that execution. Well, Brian, just, to, just to clarify the Jalen situation, I was a little confused. His camp has a number. The Bears have a number. Why is there no middle? how it works. How is it work? How has you go back and forth, right? And you try to find the sweet spot. So you have to conclude that and say, "Hey, this is my final. This is your final." And then you know what the gap is, but we haven't gotten there yet. Is this some kind of some kind of maybe endorsement of what you, your quarterback situation? You're you're taking the control out of your hands somewhat. You're adding to your defense. You're improving your roster in your eyes. Does this maybe say you're kind of comfortable with how your quarterback situation lies? Um. I would say in general, our philosophy is just continue to add really good football players to this roster so that we can win football games. Thank you. All right, there he is, uh, Ryan Poles. Uh, Waddle and I were exchanging some notes during it. Uh, I think he's read the criticism. He's heard the criticism, and, and like that was a pretty public negotiation. Yes, when he doesn't usually like to give details – he brought you inside the negotiation of Jalen Johnson. 
and said, we made progress. Here's what happened in L.A. We were not near our best and final. And then all of a sudden he came to us and he said, I'd like to find other offers. And we granted him. And here's why. And here's what I was looking for. And that wasn't met because I, we still want Jalen Johnson. If we can't have Jalen Johnson, we want to draft another Jalen Johnson. And as far as the sweat stuff is concerned, I feel much better. Yeah. Much better because, like, I didn't think that there was any way they were trading for Montez Sweat without having parameters. I said that yesterday when they did that. But then after reading some stuff on ESPN um, that, oh, no, they're, they're, they're not uh, – there's no contract and there's no parameters, I started to get a little shaken and and – he made it um, – there's no gray area. He, he, he told you definitively that he thought it would happen soon, that they would get after it, that they, they just had a physical, that he was confident that this would get done soon. When Potsy followed up and he asked about a franchise tag, he, he again said that he was confident – and and made it seem like that that that's not even part of the equation that a contract extension with Montez Sweat would get done soon. Well, I I think again, I think he probably heard and read a lot of the criticism as well about how can a general manager give up a second round pick for a player without having a contract in place or an extension. So I think it was very important for him to let people know that they didn't go into this deal without actually talking about keeping Montez Sweat inside the program for the next however many years. That's a priority. Um, You know what I'm scared about? Tell me if I'm right or wrong or if this is just a general manager playing the game in a public setting. I'm scared about the Eberflus endorsement. Did you hear that? And I I motioned to you, Meller, about bringing that back about he was he going over the top about the way they play that you may not think it but the way they play for him the way they many teams would quit on other people that that's a leader that we're close again we have that play if you want to play it again yeah yeah uh, right now yeah you want to play play play. i want to hear it i'm worried about this that there are, there are some things that we thought were obvious for Ryan Poles, like drafting players in the second round, that is it a for sure thing? Are we in the business of for sure thinking that Matt Eberflus, with his record, with having to f- have other coaches be let go, is definitively going to be let go at the end of the year? Um, and is this a general manager just doing what a general manager has to do to steady the ship in the middle of a year um, to back his coach? Or is this giving you a greater lens into the offseason that, oh, not so fast I'm thinking that there's going to be a coaching search at the end of the year. Here's his endorsement about Matt Eberflus. Yeah, and I get the question. <laughs> what I see on a, every, every day – where I see him address the team and I see his approach through adversity, it is stable, man. And I know in the outside world it doesn't look like that, and I know it looks like we're far away, but this dude comes in every day and just keeps chipping away. He has high integrity. The people that he brings in here, he's done the work to make sure that 
they're the people they're supposed to be. Again, we hold that standard. If it doesn't follow that and, and, and people aren't acting that way, they're not here. But the way that he holds holds everything down here is incredible for how loud it is, how tough it is. I mean, this team, you could watch them. They fight. I know this past weekend wasn't great, but you can't watch that team and be like, oh, they're going to fold. Most teams fold, and they're not folding. It's been hard. It's been really hard, especially from where we started last year, trying to build this and do it the right way. What I see from him on a daily basis and how he gets his team ready on a weekly basis to me, I see a grown man that has leadership skills to get this thing out of the hole and into where it needs to be. They were one of the more self-destructive teams you saw in week, what was it, week eight last week? I know that Seven. and you know that, but Seven that's not penalties, what he said. Two turnovers, mental mistakes, physical mistakes. He used the words incredible, fight, most teams fold. He's a grown man with leadership skills. He didn't have to say that. He didn't have to go so over the top. Uh, uh, again, is that just a guy backing the guy that he hired in a, in a crap storm to get him through the year? Or could we be a little premature thinking that Eberflus is gone at the end of the year? I, at this particular moment, at 2-6, and six, when the head coach who's in charge of his staff and two of his guys have had to be relieved because of non-football issues, I would be highly surprised if that particular person was still in the same position at the end of the season. Me too. Me too. I mean, like, but so that, regardless, that's why, that's why, like, regardless of what he said to you, I can't imagine that status quo would be an option on the table. I, I'm just, it made me nervous. And, and like, who knows with this team? Like, nothing has like oh, this whole season's been a surprise. So I just I, I I'm shook as a Bears fan. So I, I'm just gearing up now for another possible surprise. Everything you said is true. Like all of it. It it, it it's terrible. He's got the worst record. All coaches have had to be relieved of their duties. He's. He, you're going to let this man hire another defensive coordinator, hire another running backs coach. You're going to—he doesn't hold anybody accountable publicly. Um, it, 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 sometimes he 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 acts clueless. Uh, but I, I drew the con- the comparison too. Like when we talked to the coach on Monday, we asked him about like what what was the the conversation was about fundamentals and guys. You just got to get the fundamentals better and. When someone's not doing the fundamentals well, you can relieve that person of their duties. But when people continue to not do the fundamentals well, then it's a reflection on the coaching staff. If you're jumping off sides or you're holding or you're doing all kinds of stuff as a player, that can be an individual issue with the player. If it continues to happen with others, that's when it seeps into the coach, and that's when it becomes the responsibility of the coach or it sticks to the coach. The same thing is true with regard to your staff. If one guy has to be removed for non-football-related stuff, you can convince me that that's an anomaly. When a second guy has to be removed for non-football stuff, then to me it's the same issue that you have when you're glossing over we need to be better at the fundamentals. It's not just a player issue with regard to the fundamentals when we're in week eight and we're still having to coach them up. And it's a number of guys who are struggling with the fundamentals. At some point, all of those penalties aren't on just 
the offensive line. They are the responsibility of the coaching staff as well. And I think that this is another example of that. Like, you can point to one incident and say, okay, it's, it's, it's unseemly, it's unsightly, it's unsavory, it's whatever it is. But when it is a second time, of that's course. a trend. No, you don't have to sell me. And I don't believe that you can, as an organization, sell that to your fan base that all is good here when two guys he just have tried to be to. relieved of their duties for non-football stuff. He just tried to. Well, I mean. And, and, like, and, 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 and here's what I'm worried about. And this is why I've always brought up Valus. And when people tell me. That what does Valus have to? Valus is just a guy at the end of the roster. Valus Jones was Ryan Poles' first offensive draft pick. He doesn't want to let go. He still believes. He still wants to give him a chance. That's just one player who he won't want to let go because he still believes it's his guy. This is his coach. He may want to do the same thing with his coach. He hired him for a reason. He still believes in all the reasons why he hired him. And just like he's being stubborn with Valus Jones on a smaller level, if he can't get Valus Jones right, if he's not willing to part with a 50th player on the roster and just say goodbye to Valus Jones with a simple, you're not good enough to be on the roster or to be inactive on game day, is he overly stubborn to let go of Matt Eberflus? And if he can't handle the smaller stuff, can he handle the bigger stuff? And I would have followed up if I was upstairs. I would have asked after that endorsement, okay, but are you telling us Matt Eberflus is going to be here next year as your coach? I would have asked him that directly. He has never given the endorsement to Justin Fields. Do you notice that? Every opportunity he's been given to answer the question that Justin Fields is his long-term solution at quarterback, he has always stopped short. So I would have given him the opportunity to do the same with Matt Eberflus because he's been transparent about that with Fields. Would he have done the same with Eberflus? And all I'm telling you is, for all the reasons I'm in lockstep with you, this man should not be the head coach of the Bears next year. No way, no how. You can hear him next Monday at 210, though, with us. Yes, absolutely. The Matt Eberflu show. But he made me nervous. That made me nervous right there. And I hope it's just a guy at a podium doing what a general manager is supposed to do in week what? Nine? Week, what, what week, week nine. Is week nine. It's week nine. He told you what they value Jalen Johnson as, a late one or a two, is basically what he said. He's pretty damn transparent today. So if he was transparent about everything, about Montez Sweat getting his deal, Jalen Johnson's contract negotiation, was he transparent about his head coach? If he was telling you no lies today, I'm worried. Well, I'd ask the, the president of the organization how he feels about the head coach of your football team whose staff has had what has happened to it happen to it as well. Because at the end of the day, Ryan's got a boss too. Yeah. So that boss then has to evaluate the people underneath him. It's a mess. It sucks. Um, 
you know, uh, this was a year where I think that I'll just speak for myself. I had a lot of, of hope that things would be better. I did not think this was a, a championship caliber team or they would compete for anything significant because I still think there's an enormous talent gap between them and the better teams in the league. But I did believe that they were pointed in the right direction on a number of fronts where you would see some significant improvement in a number of areas. And I can honestly say to you that I can't look at this team in good faith and tell you that there has been significant improvement in, in a lot of areas. I, listen, I like Darnell Wright. I like DJ Moore. There are certain individual things I like, but the whole, the whole batch of it, like when you're beating the Washington Commanders, who are going to completely erase their staff at the end of the year, and you beat the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, and they've already fired their whole crew, and you haven't been able to put back-to-back wins together since week 16, 17 of the 2021 season, how can I sit here as a fan or someone who loves the team or covers the team or whatever it is and sit here and tell you that, wow, I think 2023 is pointing in the right direction? No, and I don't know how anybody, whether it's George, it's Kevin Warren, whoever is at the top of this this pyramid at the moment, I don't know how that person can look at what's transpired and feel good about the first eight weeks of the season. Uh, uh, do do I have a read uh, coming up here? I, I'm, I, do I have something here, Mallard? Because I'm going to go up uh, to the media room and, and and ask those guys if they felt the same thing that I did regarding. Uh, go ahead. The, or if that's just a man doing what a general manager is supposed to do: take the high road on his coach. You're good. What we'll, are your we'll thoughts? Do you agree or disagree with me? What do you think about Ryan Poles' press conference, 312-332-3776? We'll take all your calls here uh, to start Waddle's World because we have not taken any calls with all the news here coming in and waiting for Ryan Poles. But what would you think? The Montez Sweat deal um, should get done. Uh, Jalen Johnson's open negotiation and then the endorsement of Flus. Was it an endorsement or was that just a general manager being nice to his coach? 332 3776. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Weird. Yeah, you want to get weird. You're, you're in the right spot. Waddle's World, uh, brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. Uh, before we do go to uh, any phone calls, there is a game being played in New Orleans this weekend between our Bears and the New Orleans Saints. I believe the Saints are 4-4, four and four, aren't they? They found a way to get to 500. Meller? Do you have an injury report for us real quick? I do indeed, Tom. The Bears conducted a walkthrough on Wednesday, so the practice status is merely a projection. But Juan Brisker did not practice. Still in concussion protocol? Correct. Nate. I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing that they, didn't. They, they found the need to not practice after that display against the church. Nate Davis, Tremaine Edmonds, Justin Fields did not practice. It was a spirited walkthrough where guys didn't give up. Well, yeah, I mean, he just talked about fundamentals and not tackling. So let's have a walkthrough. 
Anybody else uh, get through the walkthrough unscathed, Jeff? Uh, Terrell Smith did not practice. However, Eddie Jackson, again, it was a projection, but he would have been a full participant. Oh, good. Uh, as was Lucas Patrick. Braxton Jones was limited. I need him back. Okay, the uh, injury report brought to you by our fine friends at Coast Ivone Personal Injury Lawyers. I just went up there and held court. I held court in the media room. Look at you. Everybody come around here. I got some important stuff to tell you all. Or wait, you're going to tell me some important stuff. So I, 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 I gathered with um, multiple media people up there, and most people disagree with me. And most of them say that's what he has to say. And and that like, Potsy was wagging his finger at me. Potsy, how long have you done this for, Sylvie? How long have you done this for? What is he going to say? He's got to say that about Eberflus. And I'm like, but Patsy, I go, you know, the, the, it's so, um, and then I talked to Courtney. Courtney did think it was over the top, though, quite over the top. Uh, and then there was somebody up there who I respect greatly who had a really good thought saying, could it be that Ryan Poles believes exactly what he said about Matt Eberflus, but knows he still has to fire him. Where he still believes that he is a good leader, but he knows that he has to fire him. So he so he thinks he's telling you the truth, but he will know that he has to fire him. When you went up there, I actually said something similar to Waddle. My only takeaway is that He's basically told us he's not firing him in the middle of the season. Something the Bears yeah. have never done anyway, and that's no, what, not during this season. But right. but I think that that's what that endorsement solidifies. He's oh, still there. Okay. Are still guys uh, on this roster that are young and need to be pointed in the right direction and get something done this year for next year as well. Like the last thing some of these guys need is more instability. So I think that for the most part. This is a public display of support for your coach to try to make sure that this ship doesn't yeah. go well, face down into the ocean. Listen, Iberflus might be captaining the Titanic right Correct. now. Correct. But if by some But I don't see any icebergs out there. But if there's a if there's a miracle, he's gonna give him the opportunity to try and figure out a way for the ship not to sink. What good well, does the it end of the year? What good does what did it you say? ship? Oh, ship, ship doesn't what sink. good does it to dog cuss your coach at this point? No, I mean, no, 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 no. I wasn't asking for that. I, but I thought yeah. there's a more measured way to say, hey, you know, Matt, Matt's doing as good as a job as he could under the circumstances. Like, again, he hasn't gone over the top for Justin. If he hasn't gone over the top for Justin, why is he going big? Because Matt's his guy and Justin isn't? Could be. I don't know. Oh, man, this place. Woo-wee. Telling you. Here's, should we take these calls here? I, I don't have, I can't find the, today's chat. Can you, you want to introduce the uh, calls, Meller? I know they were coming up on my computer and then now they've disappeared. Well, that's not good. All right. Get so, rid of the music, too, boys, as we're live at Hallis Hall. There's no dancing in here today, so you can get you rid can of the dance, music. You can dance, though. Charlie, dancing Charlie, makes you feel good. Charlie, you can get rid of the music. There'll be no dancing today. 
Uh, Although I think there was some dancing just now from the Bears GM in terms of some of the comments that he made. I thought there was some verbal dancing that went on there. Well, I, I think uh, I thought he was pretty upfront though with uh, Jalen Johnson and and maybe a little too much upfront. Maybe a little, you know, feeling the uh, I don't know. I mean, did you need to go line and verse with absolutely everything that happened in oh, that really? situation? Oh, really? Oh, I mean, why? Well, for what reason? What I mean? Well, he he was the one who said with. Roshan, that I'm not going to negotiate publicly. That we don't negotiate. And then today, he brought you inside the negotiating He room. sat you down. Yes, he it did. It was Jalen, Let me take Ryan, you to L.A. And you. Let me take you to L.A. Right. You know what, though? He gave us everything but dollar figures, although right. Jalen Johnson threw out some dollar figures earlier today, so maybe that's why he felt the need. I would think, too, based on everything he just said, that that press conference right there was listened to and watched by Jalen Johnson's representative, and they can use a lot of what that was said for their negotiation. What Ultimately, whether or not they'll get what they ask for, that, I don't believe that'll be the case. But if I'm representing Jalen Johnson, I'd be like, wait a second. You just spent 15 minutes with the, 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 the media in Chicago Telling everyone what a great player he is, and now you don't want to pl- pay a great player. Why would well? You it sounds do that? like he does want to pay a great player. Well, I'm just telling they, you, they, he's they weren't the best in final. He's 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 emboldened. I believe he's emboldened Jalen Johnson's representatives in this negotiation. I'm just glad that it's continuing because, as a Bears fan, I want Jalen Johnson on this Me roster. Me too. Good, more good players, not less. Especially ones that don't cost you a second round pick. Jack uh, is in Tampa. It sounds Jack. like he is a fan of Ryan Poles. Jack, you're on ESPN 1000. Well, it's Mark, but I'll take Jack or whatever you <laughs> want to call close. him. close. I could see oh, how, how, how Jack and Mark sound alike. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wrote my notes down because I don't want to rant. But I am sick of people online going after Poles about the sweat trade. I'm sort of looking also at some of the media figures like Seth Walder, who called it egregious. And it irritates me because these are the same people that three months ago said that Poles was cooking. But it was, it's obviously clear what he's doing here. He obviously wants to sign Sweat to a long-term deal. The same, by the way, the same people that said that Ryan Pace would do a better job than Poles is currently doing now should remember that Pace signed Quinn to a five-year, $70 million deal when Quinn was three years older than what Sweat is now, and he wasn't as good of a player. I and think you're wasting says, your time fighting with those people because some people are just fuel, foolish, Jack, or Brock, or whatever you're <laughs> Mark. Mark, my bad. And, and, and just for my, my final point, just to go along with what you guys were asking about, decision about the coach, we had this conversation. I don't know if you remember last year of Nagy's coaching um, career at, in Chicago, we had this conversation because people wanted them to announce their coaching hire or announce that they were searching for a coach before the season was over, and we know that the Bears don't fire coaches midseason, and we had the conversation, should they you know, start looking at candidates? And the, the answer was, well, if you're not going to fire the coach, how can you announce that you're going to look for coaches because you're basically doing that? You're basically firing the coach. Same thing here. How can you go on the podium as the GM, say anything negative about your head coach, if you know that ownership is not going to support you firing that coach midseason? You can't. So right. as polls, you're in a bind. You, you, you have no ability to say anything negative about your head coach because the ownership is telling you that you can't fire him. What are right. you supposed to do? 
Right. I, well, I could say this. I could say, like, you were a good caller. You weren't the best caller we've had this week. Um, so Dave. instead of saying it like that so bluntly, I could say, you know, Mark's a good caller. Um, and I don't need to say Mark is the greatest caller and leader of men we've ever had before. If I was in Tampa, I would drive out and want to visit him in Ybor City and go to Mons Venus with him and spend an entire week with him there and make it rain. Do you know what I mean? Like, there, there's, there's a middle ground instead of going over the top about your call just now. But do you feel like he went over the top? Do I you do. feel like... I, yes. He called him yeah, incredible. I, he called him a grown man with leadership skills and how most teams would have folded... Uh, but not a team with Matt Eberflus. This team has folded every time well, well, in the game after they've they've played games. I mean, after they've won. Your general, your BC guy told you they don't. They're two and two in their last four. That's what Matt Eberflus told you too. Right, but after every win, it's followed by a loss. But they're living in the present. Last hour, and I'm an alcoholic, so I mean, you wait, know, wait, I, it, wait, what was I'm that? Just, uh, it's like saying it's like an alcoholic saying I've only had one beer in the last hour. It, you know, it's, I get what you're saying there. Um, that two and two in the last four. I mean, that kind of stuff is is egregious coming from Eberflus. But like, if you're polls, I just don't know. Yes, you can say, oh, he's good, but then what What would the media say in response to that? You're going to have people. Uh, no, no, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not blaming him. I, all I was telling you is I was nervous. I'm not blaming Paul. Don't, don't, I, don't as the kids like to say, don't get it twisted. I, I, I'm not blaming him or telling him he should have said anything different. All I, my heart dropped because I was worried and started to think, oh, no, is Matt Eberflus really coming back because this is his guy? If he's unwilling to even cut a guy like Valus Jones, will he be willing to not get rid of a guy like Matt Eberflus because he still believes that he's the man for the job? I thought the best thing I heard was that Montez Sweat should be inking an extension anytime soon. Yes, that that was good. That's the the that's my takeaway from from that exercise. Maybe he was playing two truths and a lie. Isn't that the game? Yes. So he was giving you. We were. We we didn't give best and final for Jalen Johnson. Montez Sweat is close. We're going to get a deal done with him soon. And Matt Eberflus um, reminds me of of Vince Lombardi. Yes, yeah, which is the lie. Well, probably if, that the Montez how about Sweat this? contract. <laughs> I was going to say it done. better be Eberflus. <laughs> what if we get to next week and we don't have a Montez Sweat extension? Uh, Barstool Big Cat's going to join us at four. We'll take more of your calls next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Another day in paradise here at Hallis Hall. Waddle and I broadcasting live. Barstool Big Cat joins us in about 10 minutes from right now. Ryan Poles just met the media. He says a uh, deal uh, is... um, He's real confident that he could get a deal done here soon with Montez Sweat. So that is good news. Talked about uh, negotiating with Jalen Johnson. He thought they were getting closer, and that's when Jalen Johnson made the request for the trade. And he says they weren't uh, in the best and final stage yet, so they're going to 
respect what Jalen wants and continue to negotiate accordingly. If Jalen wants to continue to negotiate, they will continue to negotiate. Jalen, call us. We're still on uh, $16 million a year. I know it's not what you want, but give us a call if you want me to repeat that number. The Bears fired their running backs coach today for an HR issue. So there's that. That's the second coach um, to be dismissed for a reason a similar. Allen Williams was earlier in the year. So, again, just a lot going on here. We don't dismiss coaches here because they failed to get our guys ready to play on Sundays. We dismiss coaches here at Hallisall for reasons that aren't football-related. <laughs> for now, at least. Philly Sid, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Sid? Hey, guys, good to talk to you. Don't be bringing hey, us I'm rich just... people problems for the Eagles, okay? We don't want to hear it. Yeah. Not in the mood for it, <laughs> I, Sid. I promise you, Tommy, you'll be the only one to mention that name on this call. Okay. Um. Guys, I listened to the press conference, and I listened to you guys set it up ahead of time, all the talk that's been going on today. First of all, I think Poles acquitted himself very well in the conference. He answered the questions that most people had. When it came to him speaking specifically about Flus and what's going on with the two coaches that have had problems, that, to me, was a leader basically saying, I am not going to crap all over a guy I hire, who I think is a decent person, and for the most part, I don't want to stain his reputation. Right now, I need this guy to finish my season. He didn't commit to him beyond this year. He basically supported him as an employee. And then he gave you the answers that you were looking for on sweat. Is he negotiating a deal? Is that likely? He seemed very confident that it's going to happen. And then I thought he gave you some very tremendous insight on what was going on with Jalen Johnson, questions that everybody probably had. And really, he didn't give you too much there. He didn't tell you what the numbers were. And, and Sylvie, I'm glad that you walked up and talked to the reporting pool and found out what they thought about, you know, what questions they got or the responses they got. And they were basically saying, that's just how it goes. Any, any coach that's in the second year or any second-year GM that would come to the podium and say things the way that you want to hear it, would want to be forceful and, yeah, that player is not playing well or he's not doing well or he sucks. Any coach in the NFL in the second year that says that is not going to see a third year. In fact, most coaches in the NFL don't ever get to that way unless they're named Bill Parcells. Belichick says nothing in a conference, and we basically just laud him because the guy's a great coach, but he says nothing, and you live with it because he gets results. Iberflus took over a really horrible team, Poles took over a really horrible organization, and they're doing what they can right now based on what they have. I I personally think they're headed in the right direction because they're trying to find the bad apples and get rid of them, and I think they're pulling in some pretty decent things. I think if they can get Jalen Johnson signed, great thing. DJ Moore, excellent. The draft picks that they got back for that, excellent. The fact that they didn't want to go after Jalen Carter, I understand it if you're the organization has a standard and you don't bring guys who have potential off-field problems in as part of that standard, then you don't, you don't sign that guy. You, you move past him. Sweat, another excellent addition to this organization. It's going to take time. And I know the Bears people, and I know you, Sylvie, in particular, you love this organization. And you know what? I love them, too, when I'm not watching them play my team. Uh, it's not something where they can ha- make this turn it around in a day or two. This organization has been down the dumps for a long time, and getting it out of that is going to take a significant amount of time. I'm thinking another two or three years easily. Maybe not with this coaching staff, but with the front office people and trying to make the right additions, 
I think that's what it's going to take. Well, so you just admitted, to- Sid, that, that this may not be the right coaching staff if you're going to have to change coaches. Why, if you're trying to de- evaluate a young quarterback, and it's a really good decision, a bad, a really important decision for your franchise at the end of the year, because you either have to decide he's our future or you have to pivot and go in a different direction, why would you not fl- uh, solidify the center position in some of the other spots? How can you adequately evaluate your quarterback if you can't snap the effing football to him on a, on, on, a, on a consistent basis. Okay, Tom, tell me a center out there right now that's available via trade, free agency, or could have drafted one. Yeah, you could have drafted one. Yeah, you could have drafted one. Who? Who was available in this year's draft to draft at the center position that the Bears could have taken? There, there were three or four. There John, were three or four. John, three, John, three or four guys that are, are they starting right now? Yeah, the kid was starting for the Giants before he got hurt. Where was he drafted? Right, second, right round, after Tyreek Stevenson. Yes. Literally the pick Okay, after so was Tyreek Stevenson a bad pick? Didn't say was, but you can, right. you can address the he situation. Figured he, t- he went the route of, I think Tyreek Stevenson is going to help me more than that center is going to help me right now. Listen, all I, I know, know Sid, at this ago, particular time, they've won two games. They haven't won consecutive games since 16, week 16 and 17 of the 2021 season. They are consistently self-destructive on the football field, and they've underachieved. I had, not, I had zero expectations, Sid, that they were going to compete for the division or be significantly involved in anything important. What I wanted to see them be is an improved bunch on a number of fronts. And quite frankly, I, I'm not trying to talk you off of your perspective. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So, Sid, we got to run. We got Barstool Big Cat coming up. Uh, I appreciate your call as always. 312-332-3776. I just want to see uh, a, a really a, a bottoming out. I don't know if we've bottomed. You keep asking, have we hit rock bottom? Like, I don't know if we've hit rock bottom yet. If they have to dismiss well, like another before, coach because of non-football reasons, maybe we will continue to go to that We'll player. get uh, Barstool Big Cat's a perspective, and we'll have some fun with him. We could use it coming up next.